This feels like yeah. the most diverse X-Men team ever. And they killed yeah. them all off. Yeah. Had, yeah. We had three black people on the team at the same time. And Jubilee, like, ah oh, man, like we could have had it all. Well, you know why, right? It's because that like it was the vote. I know, I know. I, I I think it's a correlation, not a causation. Like, I feel like they were like you can vote for the one black person that's going to be on the X-Men team was like the original pitch. And then they figured out the city, they're just going to kill them all. And all of a sudden, there was a ton of POC represented that yeah. got murdered. And we are live with another episode of the Keeg Talks, the Keeg Talks comics, X-Men, Fall of X era. We're here to talk about what's going on in the X-Men comics right now. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. And if you're watching us live, you're watching us live on twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. But if you're listening to us and you can't see our guests' faces, you're listening to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Let me introduce my X-related guests. Uh, actually, that sounds weird. X related, like you're related to my ex, but that's fine. We got the yeah. real Nikhil Clayton, Nikhil Clayton himself. What's up, Nikhil? Hey, everybody! Nice to be here talking about the X Men, my favorite thing. You like X Men? I do. Surprisingly, not yeah, many people know this. It never comes up. I just put names into a hat and I drew them out for this episode, <laughs> um, and I'm surprised. So, welcome, welcome to the episode. I lucked out. Uh, we also got Freddie's roommate. Is it Freddie or is it roommate? What's your... Uh, actually, I would like to correct the record. My name is Justin. My username is Freddie's roommate. Freddie is the dog. He is my companion. He is my familiar, if you will. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I'm here on this podcast to declare that I was at the Hellfire Gala and I did not get smashed by a wild... Robot. So Survivor. I live to tell the tale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were we forced to leave at some point? Was it psychically or was it just time to leave? Who knows? You know? It's true. I don't I don't have any red triangle protocol training. So oh, so maybe... we're dead. So we're podcasting from the desert right now. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> with with Exodus out there, you know. Oh, uh, Exodus! Oh, that's a buzzkill. Well, Exodus is out in the desert. It's Exodus, Hope, and you know, a bunch of mutants lost in the desert somewhere. Exodus, Hope, and a bunch of not relevant people. Right? No, you know no, that no, you know are going to just get massacred. Like when they're no names, it's like, oh, Orcus drops in and well, fries. I don't think they're going to get massacre i think it's just like no. they're like oh how many people were on krakoa because we have like 17 mutants that people care about and they're like okay right we'll throw the hundreds other ones that we have somewhere and just I say that's where that i thought there was like out. a million i thought there was like enough for like a small country right there is but it's like name them you know well, like there's like I mean, 20 yeah. x-men and then there's a bunch of randos so that the desert's where the randos went they can't die randos. otherwise right. it'll no. still be the fall Oh, uh, what's that's his name? Lanky name boy. Remember that person that was like, uh, Lanky boy was, could, oh, like, he tried to talk to Nightcrawler early in Krakoa. Like, oh. hey, can you help me out with my powers? Oh, duh. And like, um, nah, screw you. I got my other shit to do. Who is? And, the, it, and it's not boy. I think it. I think it's a girl. It's a but... woman. 
it's yeah. a woman. Yeah. But she has yeah. gravity powers and she needed that's her right. gravity powers to live because she was so lanky. Lost. Yeah. That's her name. Because she uh, goes up to Nightcrawler and she says, I'm lost. And then he's like, okay, go get a map. Okay. Rando, I would, Rando I, would I would hate to accidentally <laughs> fall into my mutant code name. Like that's like the dad joke equivalent of mutantdom, right? Like, yeah. like I'm lost. Absolutely. Well, hi, lost. I'm Nightcrawler, and it's like, oh no, now I'm now I'm my code name is lost. I mean, I would, I'm sure that's happened to more than like the usual people. Do you think Maggot chose his name? Nah. Yes, I probably. Think so. <laughs> Like, I think I'm Maggot was like, maggot. what are these two things that I got? These are Maggots. What, Let's just go. What are they that. called? They're called like Eenie and Meanie, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, <laughs> I guess. Like, um, if I was Husk, I'd be pretty upset that my name was Husk. Oh, man. What, that would, that would, would always you, What's a better name? Like Shred? See, you just came up with a better name in two seconds than fucking Husk. <laughs> like, oh man, you have a shitty power. And well, it's not that shitty. You're just ugly. No, she's and like surprisingly powerful. Exactly. It's weird. But you're yeah. ugly. You know, it's like, well, oh, damn. Naturally, no. Naturally, no, she's not ugly. But then, like, but there was a point where she was sh- she was shedding and like she was taking on like different personalities. Like she that was like in the Jean Grey school for children era of X-Men. By the way, for anyone out there who's watching and or listening, uh, this, this is going to be a deep dive into X-Men and Fall of X and whatnot. So Fall of X right now is the current era of X-Men. Um, there have been a couple eras since the Krakoan age of X-Men starting like 2019. I mean, there was like Dawn of X, there was Destiny of X, there was... Reign of uh, X. Reign of X, and then now there's Fall of X, which is comes after the events of the hellfire gala 2023 but x-men has been around since 1963 um it has been 50 years uh 60 years now wait six uh sorry 60 40 40 20 60 years 60 it's the 60 year anniversary this year yeah and so like there's all like all these mutants over all this amount of time all this history and everything we're gonna focus on follow of x but like can't help to draw from everything that we've read in the past you know so does husk play a big part in fall of x i don't know where she is no like, but she weirdly played a big like she was in Hawksbox and then never came back to care what did she again. do in Hawksbox in house of x powers Bay? she's she's um one of the team members that goes to stop nimrod i'm pretty sure like cyclops and dies? Or wolverine um the one the do- yes. the suicide squad team right yeah 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 okay but they all come um, back so yeah because there's back. resurrection they're protocols wrong. there's resurrection like well not in fall of x but there's resurrection protocols on krakoa we can bring mutants back from the dead there was this whole like setup through like with the krakoan age of like like this is their you know this is their big break this is their them being who they want to be uh, having their own mutant country, and then Fall of X is humans don't want to have uh, have that around, so they're going to destroy it as humans do. Um, how are you guys liking? Uh, how are you guys it. liking the Krakoan Age in general? I think, I mean, I like it because it's. I don't know if you've experienced this too before Krakoan Age. You're like, all right, let's get some new ideas. 
And it was such a radical idea. Even if I didn't like small parts of it, I'm like, at least it's new. At least I don't know what's going to happen. You know, at least it's going to like surprise me. And it has surprised me over the years, especially. But um, I knew I knew in the deep down bottom pit of my heart, because X-Men always lose. So, so the shoe's going to drop. The shoe's gonna drop, and you're like, "Oh, it didn't." Oh, okay. And then years, couple years go by, and you're like, "Hey, we might actually be sitting here." Oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> and that's what Fall of X was for me. You know, I don't like, think oh, the yeah. X Men always lose. It's that like, what are the X Men without struggle? Yeah, right. They have to yeah. struggle. Otherwise, My they're sitting is, too pretty. I love the Cocoon Age because I love. I think it's genuinely one of the best storytelling devices that are happening at least in big two comics right now um because it is so integrated and it is so like every plot line ties into each other across different books it gives me much more the vibe of reading a book series than it does a typical run of comics and i think a big part of that was in my head the assurance that they had a plan and it was a three-act structure and it was going to end so I didn't, I wasn't blindsided by Fall of X. I was just like, I appreciate that they knew they had this story to tell. And it's not like the pit that the X-Men have been in for the last 20-ish years where they're just like constantly like just trying to make a new story and it's the same status quo and they don't know what they're doing. And then yeah, I mean, it's like repetitive. I, I, I feel like the biggest problem with the X-Men wasn't the X-Men themselves. It was Marvel editorial, Marvel mandates coming down for the past like 10 years before Krakoa, where they were like, well, we don't have the movie rights. So how about we just write the X-Men off? We reduce their their uh, series, like amount of series that there are X-related series. We give them to the Inhumans. Inhumans are a new shining, you know, baby boy. And... Uh, Let's forget about the X-Men. Let's take them off the merchandise. Let's do all that stuff. Let's essentially kill X-Men. And they literally did with Death of X. And like... And plus, Inhumans versus X-Men like literally was Inhumans get powers at the expense of X-Men dying. That was the whole plot of that. that. Ridiculous. This is why I don't give a shit about Ms. Marvel. Uh, Not the character. Like, I love the character. I don't give a shit about her becoming a beauty. Everyone's so outraged. Like, what about the Inhumans? I don't care. Fuck the Inhumans. I, I agree. I'm oh. I'm an Inhuman hater. I'm an Inhuman hater. I'm like, I mean, the only person that I care from Inhumans. Uh, one person I care about for the Inhumans are Moon Girl and Ms. Marvel, and I'm Ms. Marvel okay, yeah. So we just yeah. gotta win Moon Girl, and I'm happy as a clam. I mean, I don't like the. Okay, so uh, for anyone out there, you know, yeah, Miss Marvel is a mutant now. Uh, she just had her Miss Marvel, the new mutant number one, uh, which you know talked about some changes and some things were mentioned in Hellfire Gala. Uh, Justin, were you gonna talk about Miss Marvel being a mutant? I will say it's it. I I feel I feel weird about it because we all know people have been saying on the internet for a long time. You know if. Marvel had the rights to the X-Men. Miss Marvel would have been a mutant. You yeah. know? But I think not her not being a mutant low-key saved her <laughs> from like being rebel. No, but the thing is, well, back then it saved her because they were writing the X-Men out. Like yes. it's like that's... it's I uh, let me finish. It's like okay. it's it saved her in a weird way that the inhumans were frankly, lacking personality and lacking interest so much 
that yeah. allowed Miss Marvel to be like a standout character. You know what I mean? She yeah. was she was allowed to stand in front and be her own character separate from the Inhumans. I feel like if she was a mutant from the jump, I feel yeah. like she would have unfortunately turned into Jubilee, which was like the hip new young character for a long time. And then somewhere I was like, you know what? I like Kitty better. Let's bring her back. And then Kitty's like the new young, cool, hip character again. And then no one knows what to do with Jubilee. You know? I I think think that's what would have happened. I don't know. They they had a mandate to not create new big mutant characters, right? Yeah. So they weren't going to. That's why she was put in. Right? They wouldn't have made her mutant in the first place. I think it's what you're saying is absolutely correct. But it's also why I'm not like I was joking earlier about the fucking humans. I do not like them, but like it's not a spite thing. I think it's a similar <laughs> issue now of now that they have the rights to mutants. Marvel's already said they're going to be back to pushing the mutants. I think her being an inhuman at this point can only hurt her because how many inhuman stories are you going to tell when you're back to trying to tell mutant stories? Like the only the reason though. that was a spotlight was there. Yeah. But she's more of an Avenger character anyway. You know what I mean? Like. Come on, uh, I, I would I like her on the like champions. A similar category, like that we I'm, do. I like her on the champions. I like her on the Avengers, but it's like, I don't know. She didn't have a solo series for years until now. Like this is the time to be an X Men. But she had a solo series for later. years. She had a solo yeah, series for years, upon years, and then they stopped. And then yeah, this is her first foray back, right? Um, I I mean personally, in a in a perfect world. Like, I love, I love, by the way, like, I'm always on the side of X-Men. Like, you know, they can do no wrong. And even when they do no wrong, or they do do wrong, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, you know? Um, in a perfect world, though, I would have liked Miss Marvel to just be a prodific, uh, like, an experiment or whatever, like, like Spider-Man, you know? Like, a freak accident turns her into Miss Marvel, and I think that that, like, could have been nice. She didn't need the X-Men, but she shouldn't be an Inhuman because inhumans are long gone now like there's no inhumans yeah. worth worth I reading think, about no i think that kamala khan is an inhuman the same way wanda is a mutant and that is to Wanda's say not a mutant. wanda's not a mutant she has connections with the x-men right but i would categorize her as an avengers like member or like in that world you know what i mean does that make well, sense? I just yeah. I don't think they're gonna keep Kamala like on the team. I think really? this is no. about the segue right now in the New Mutant book, but I would not like. I don't think she's gonna be an X Men member. I don't think she's going to be anything like that. I think it's just giving her the flashier title, so that yeah, for now, when they do big X Men events, she can be included. Yeah, because I, I don't, don't think, think we're she's ever gonna, gonna hang with a them. big Inhuman event. Yeah. I, uh, Miss Marvel, the new mutant came out and though these are events that are, uh, you know, predicated off of like Hellfire Gala 2023, um, all the shit that went down, this was the empire strikes back of Hellfire Gala's, right? Like this was like shit ended badly. Where do we go from here? Um, Miss Marvel is explained to basically the Terrigen cloud that gave her uh, inhuman powers hit her before her mutant powers manifested. She was both. If her mutant powers manifested first, the Terrigen Cloud would have killed her. But the Terrigen Cloud hit her first, which then made her mutant powers go dormant. Like she, which we have not seen I will say, powers. I don't understand at all. If it's if it's your genes, well, how, how does it not having like, 
because if it's like a puberty thing which is how mutant powers have always been mm-hmm. like it's in them it just hasn't been puberty Activated. yet so, so how does that with my understanding oh you you okay do y'all hear that I, no oh my god sorry there's some tv or something playing very loudly in my headphones uh, um uh th- they're like in in real life genetics we have like multiple genes and then we have like genes that are on and off switches so essentially like it's just an on and off switch right that activates the expression of those mutant genes yeah i just i feel like it's in her so the mist yeah. still well like, i don't her. know i don't know well has there been evidence of like mutants that weren't activated yet being killed by the Terrigen cloud? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think that that's just a thing we would know. Yeah. Like she's the first time they've tried this excuse to yeah. my knowledge. There's but an like, other there's an babies older didn't character. Die, right? There's an older character that's like supposed to have been this. That was the first half in human half mutant. I don't know nothing about. But the name's is Luna. It... Oh, Luna. Quicksilver's yeah. uh yeah. Quicksilver's but... daughter. But she wasn't a mutant. Like, she was a daughter of a mutant and a grand mutant family, right? Magneto to Quicksilver to her. But she never had the mutant gene. And that was a big problem for Magneto being like, oh, Magneto has a human child. And so Luna is the child of Crystal from the Inhumans, Princess Crystal, and Quicksilver. I don't want to, I don't know anything about the story, but that also sounds dumb. Magneto had a human child the first time. That's who the girl that he's like upset about dying yeah. was. Yeah. The German one. Magda. Magda's the wife, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forget His what daughter's it... name is like Anna or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just keeps having kids. Um, he except, does. He has so many children. Then he doesn't when they take away Scarlet right. Witch and Quicksilver. So I don't know. Um, so Anya, that's the daughter. Anya, that's right, that's right. Um, so what were we saying? Oh, Miss Marvel. But now, like Miss Marvel, the X Men have posed it to Miss Marvel that it's a political ploy, essentially. Like they're just like, look, politically speaking, we need you to like say you're a mutant. Like you have to like be loud and proud mutants. It's gonna make us look good because everybody loves Miss Marvel. But then we see in Miss Marvel, the new mutant number one, she's wearing the X loud and proud and everybody automatically hates her yeah i with that (laughs) yeah i'll let justin go ahead with that one (laughs) okay i i i have beef with it as like just a marginalized person in general you know what i mean it's like to me it's like i don't know if you're familiar with this you know halsey (laughs) uh yeah yeah. Remember when Hulls everyone discovered that Halsey has a black dad? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? Halsey's black now? And then like everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is great. And like, um, like they gave her like a black name. It was funny, kind of like Christopher Jamal Evans and stuff like that. And then it got weird and people were like, Halsey should speak on black issues. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, you know, and then it feels like that, you know, did you know the Kamala yeah. Khan now? What? Kamala Khan has to be the face for mutant dumb. And you're like, I don't know. You know, maybe there's a better spokesperson for this. I don't know. 
my thing with it is I feel like it's an interesting like meta joke of the X-Men's like she even says the thing they used to say in like the 60s X-Men where she's like maybe I could be the shining example of why not to be afraid and then immediately gets a crash course at all X-Men history and they're all like no that doesn't work anymore because now you're an X-Men so go fuck yourself but I think the story like I think the real world comparison of being like Kamala Khan doesn't know what prejudice is is a little strange and I yes. think that um, especially like they mentioned that I had to put really proud of this but they mentioned in the comic that she's also faced fictional oppression. Like that's another, not only is she an actual brown woman and a Muslim, but she also was like literally outlawed earlier in her life. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. And then because I think it's also age. very it was, weird. Was, it was like an age thing. I think it's also very weird of like, story-wise, you're there spying on Orcus. Why would you tell them that you're a mutant? And like, right. yes, no one knows her secret identity, but now you made your secret identity more of an issue because if they do figure it out, you're now fucked. Otherwise, you were fine. Well, right. They're not going to give a fuck about Ms. Marvel if you're not right. a mutant. So let's yeah. touch Let's touch on Hellfire Gala because I want to talk about the stakes for Ms. Marvel, what's going on with like the, the Hellfire Gala and like all the crazy things that are happening, and I quote, X weeks later, right? Um. Yes, except I think in X Men Red where they say a number, everyone oh, else is stuck to X right X weeks. Yeah, because there's like a time jump, right? And it's just like okay, yes. X weeks later. Um, which they've played around with the letter X since Hawksbox. Um, does X stand it. for ten? Does X stand for a variable? Does X stand for the brand, which is X? I like it. Um, it's cute. Everything's yeah. X. It's it keeps fine. you, you know, X lives of Wolverine. Does it mean ten? Does it mean X lives. No, that one's the only one that angered me because it wasn't ten. Because there were five. It was two things of five. Like X five X lives is five X deaths. So it should have been two V's that make it X or something. But they just promoted yeah. it as two X's. It was X lives and X deaths. That's ridiculous. It was not ten lives. It was five. X, X is unknown. It's not ten. Kill you it's worked just... there. Why didn't you say that? <laughs> I I'm a PA in the studio <laughs> side. I don't think I had any sway on the comic. Wait, what? You told me this came out before I worked there. You you told everyone who listened to this. Nikhil wrote Avengers the other week. It was crazy. Um, I wrote Avengers 2012 when I was in fifth grade. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it checks out. It works. What are the big things that came out of Hellfire Gala 2023? Let's talk about that. I want I want you guys to like. What were the like shit hit the fan, Orcus comes down, kills a bunch of people, X-Men scattered all over the place. What were your big takeaways from Hellfire Gala? Sink was gonna lead an X-Men team. He is. He is still. Sink survived. He's leading it. Yeah. 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 Talon like, pulled Sink away. I was like, man, that was a pretty good team, too. Yeah, it was Julie a great team. And Prodigy. It's a good it was such a good team. And I feel so bad. Almost like There's... they took it away. They took it away from us, like a, the stories that could be told. I hope after everything going is hunky-dory a... again, I hope they There's going to be a what team. if. There's a what there? if they had survived that's coming out. Oh, they nice. always do, like the loser team goes on an adventure. And so yeah. this year, because they're dead, it's a what if they had not died situation. Yeah. But I yeah. like that. Finally, a I... what if I care about. <laughs> I do not care about what ifs whatsoever. 
what ifs marvel's what ifs are always like what if the spider jumped off of peter and then bit a bus driver like it's like okay that's a good question what if the spider jumped off that is a good bus driver i'm very interested in that okay it's like (laughs) what come on comes great power comes great responsibility to transport everyone on that bus come on great horsepower (laughs) it works it works this yes. could be a great story. And then he'll Ugh. join the multiverse, and then he'll be in the Spider-Verse. It'll be yeah. a whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, what were we saying? Uh uh, oh, what if that team? Oh, the team, yeah, the team was super cool. And then mo- like a lot of them get ripped apart. And I love, I love the fact that Jubilee has grown to the point where she's essentially like, fuck you. And then she dies. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's at that. Yeah, she got the last line. She yeah. got the last line. If I'm going to die anyway, it's going to be, it's going to be like, you a bitch. I also think they looked out so much that Juggernaut won that vote. Because if this was the plan, like, imagine they do this and they have to explain how any of the other members survived instead of Juggernaut. Mm. Like, Juggernaut, you can hand wave and be like, yeah, he lived. It's fine. Don't worry. But like, Mm. if it had been Jubilee, like, how would she be like, yeah, she was there and then she's okay. So don't worry about it. It's fine. She went to get appetizers at the cyborg right time. You know, (laughs) she becomes part cyborg. (laughs) Recently, there was a team up between Jubilee, her aunt, and Lady Deathstrike in the Marvel Voices X-Men. And you could have just been like, okay, she's been ripped apart, but she's still alive. Let's use Lady Deathstrike parts on her. Ooh. You know, you could you could do that. Cannonball, he's nigh invulnerable. He just bounces off and like fires off in the space. That now was... he's lost in space. Like, ooh, <laughs> you know, that was the one that a lot of people were commenting on. When I did my little recap, how far a lot of people were like, "How did Sam die? If he's blasting?" I was like, "He's nigh invulnerable. Yeah. Never got dropped out of space on his head." I think yeah. we could call it. That he's also was he blasting die. at that point? <laughs> He is, yeah. Okay. Wait, can he Blasting hover? Fun... I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. The think... Way I've never work. seen him but hover. He's clearly. I don't know how that like splash page where they're all together is supposed to ever work. They all just like come together and do like a model pose, and then I guess normally go back to their seats. But... Yeah. The photographer is just really good. He's like, okay, you're gonna blast in, and at the second you come right up to pose, I'm gonna snap that shot. <laughs> But also, it's I also think... go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You got it. It's like I I get it. I like I I get what they were trying to do. I understand no one's really dead in comics. You know what I mean? I understand that. Yeah. As a human, it also it, I feel it feels kind of shitty. This feels like yeah. the most diverse X Men team ever. And they killed you know them all off. Yeah. Had, yeah. We had three black people on the team. At the same time, Andrew, like, oh man, like we could have had it all. We, well, I you know that. why, right? Is because I, I, I think like, it's it a correlation, not a causation. I know. Like, I, I feel know. like they were like, you can vote for the one black person that's going to be on the X Men team was like the original pitch, and then they figured out the city they're just going to kill them all, and all of a sudden there was a ton of POC represented that yeah. got murdered. I mean, generally speaking, I think it's a correlation, not a causation thing. I think that. X-Men has always been really good with putting females, like having a really, like the strong X-Men are, are women, right? Like really strong yeah. X-Men characters. 
but they've always lacked on putting people of color. And they always point at Storm for being both. And then we haven't had like a a black man on the X-Men team until Bishop. And Same that is last year, right? Well, I think what he I mean is back in the 90s. Until. Yeah, yeah oh, from like the, the beginning until Bishop. And then I think, yeah. Later sync, 30 years later. Like it took 30 years to get vision and 30 well, years to get the, sync. The other damning thing is that yes, they always parade Storm and they're like, look, Storm's the head of the X-Men and she's a black woman. But like the next most relevant black woman in the X-Men is like Cecilia Reyes, who is or never frenzy, been the same level. But yeah. Or for Frenzy's even like she's just popular like now. Is she lower <laughs> than was, Cecilia? I would she was an acolyte and then she showed up at like one AU. Like, yeah, that's true. At least Cecilia that, was an application. Yeah. 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 So like they like to, you know, point out like, yes, but a lot of them are white women. <laughs> and that's I mean, that's good. That's good female representation. But or also, for a long you know. time, a single Asian woman that was actually a white woman in an Asian woman's body for like 30 years. Yeah. Just they to fixed drop, it. They yeah. fixed it. I love, I love, <laughs> by the way, since they split Quanon and Betsy Braddock, I do not care about Betsy Braddock. Quanon is way more interesting. I do agree. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like Quanon took all the, the actually things that we like about Psylocke. That's Psylocke. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then well, you got Betsy what, over there good, being Captain Britain, who I do not care about. It was it was a good decision, I think, to be like, who was Betsy before the X-Men? And she was a Captain Britain character. And a model. So they're like, yeah, and so like, we might as well just take her back to that. Fair, and I've liked I liked Excalibur, I like Knights of X. I read both because Gambit was in them, but I loved yeah. I love Betsy Itam. Um, Captain Britain was also good. Gambit wasn't there, so that's an immediate knockdown. But I do find everything Quanon's done far more interesting because also because yeah. like she's essentially a new character. Like they basically got to build her up from the ground, and yeah, intriguing. I liked her interplay with Grey Crow on the Hellions. Yeah, they were great. I re- something I've really liked about the Krakoan Age is okay, and sometimes this doesn't this works, and sometimes it doesn't. Giving the villains a second chance, wiping the slate clean, and being like, "Look, I know that we've had problems in the past, but like this is your one chance to we we can go clean slate and for some people yeah they invited mr sinister to the island and that's not a good thing and then we get sins of sinister and we get all that stuff right and that i think is akin to america making like bringing the nazis over for the space program yeah like, it's, that's, it's very operation paper you know concept but, <laughs> like, yeah we need this. mr sinister is peggy i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. so like i i feel that like someone like gray crow people mutants that have essentially become brotherhood members or really bad murderers or whatever are they bad murderers because they themselves are bad or because their situations and their and and their oppression have made them that way and like now if we take away both of those things can they be better people i think gray crow is a good example of like yeah the blob being just a bartender he's like he doesn't want to fight he's just a bartender which i get we're jumping ahead but it made me sad that he's in the brotherhood in Uncanny Avengers. Like, he's you were tricked, doing so good, though, right? bud. No, yeah, he's absolutely confused. But like yeah. you were doing so good. Like, what are you doing now? I feel but bad for him. I do. Great Crow, I think, is fascinating because 
I think a big part of the Krakoan age was recognizing that a lot of the mutant villains, like you were saying, are like, they're villains because of a difference in philosophy, not because of really, they're just naturally evil. Yeah. Uh, so those are people you can reason with and create a country with if you can have diplomatic relations. Mr. Sinister is on the just actual evil side, but so like was Greg Crow. Greg Crow was just hilariously evil. He just liked killing people and enjoyed seemingly for the longest time did the mutant massacre for like fun. Like he's just like, ah, oh, the, the only good mutie is a dead mutie. It went down to the titles. They came up with like the whole rest of that story later. But like to make him such a sympathetic and interesting character and to have us like root for him, crazy. Yeah. And now he's like making gumbo at like rescue stations for people for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Love to see I, it. By the way, is is Mr. Sinister the Rachel Dolezal of mutants? Yes. No. I No. I I I I was one of uh, I can't talk today. I think I I was always weirded out about Sinister being an, a quote-unquote on the quiet council and then x-men i always hated it because weirdly unfortunately in the world of the marvel universe sinister's not wrong <laughs> unfortunately like in terribly. which way in that i strongly disagree with this okay name. okay okay justin Here's finish your thought and then we can do here don't clip this i need the full <laughs> thought don't clip this uh, I hate this. That Mr. Sinister is a eugenicist, right? Right. And, and in the world of the Marvel Universe, that's unfortunately, and with, specifically with mutants, that's unfortunately true. Mm-hmm. That you like you can make. Oh my! I'm blurry. I'm blurry. Okay. There we go. So he was always going to like mess up and be terrible you know what i mean and like experiment on people like uh, to me that was unforgivable especially in the marvel universe but that's just me but go ahead i mean they, they needed him then they brought him on did they well they, they needed did because he his, has the dna he has the library i'm of sorry DNA. steal the dna like i don't get why that was mm. the hang up you have so many murderers on your island someone's got to be able to just go take that clone farm but the yes, argument was also keep him close so you can keep an eye on him but that didn't work either because he outsmarted them so no. like the goal was allow him on the island so we can you know he's there here. is there's a level of like reasoning that makes sense because sinister was essentially doing resurrections with the marauders decades ago like the expert would go out they'd kill the marauders the mara- the next time the marauders would be back and it'd be like oh sinister made more and they're like oh okay but like it's essentially the same concept they were never yeah. presented as being individuals like maddie Pryor or anything they were always supposed to just be the people again so like right. he was nailing it if you're gonna try and do that widespread you might need the guy who's been doing it for decades but i don't know there's also the fact that he's not a mutant that's like, what i'm saying and so no, it's no. like, why his current state he... is a mutant, but right because he injected. I want to know X-Gene. why you disagreed. I want to know why you disagreed. I know though. you walked around to something I thought was 
that I less disagreed with. I was very confused <laughs> where we were going with Sinister was correct, but I no, now understand. No, not correct. <laughs> but like people, unfortunately, like no superpowered beings being used to create yeah. better. I mean, I, mean, I think that's beings. one of the. Yeah. I think that's one of the the funniest like jokes to say with Sinister is that he's this absolutely crazy eugenicist. In theory, he should be correct. Like it should work what he does. But he's like bad at it. Like he's obsessed with the summer's bloodline because he's like somehow the guy with psych- with punch beams is going to lead us to the Messiah. <laughs> but it turns out that it's Cyclops's adopted granddaughter. Like that's not genetic. You you fucking flopped that. You're lucky that that was Who's Cyclops's adopted granddaughter. Hope Summers. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I for I forgot about that chain. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But it's like like he, he's lucky. He's that's not actually really the thing he was doing at all. Or up until since the sinister, he would try to make chimeras, uh, and yeah. they would not work. And then he was like, "That's the whole thing with Vespian Four. He was like, "I've never gotten that many people in one person before. They'd not exploded." Yeah. Hell's yeah. yeah. Look at I'm that. I'm so glad Rasputin 4 is like real now. Like in this time, like Me too. Yeah. such a cool design. Like, oh my God, that was so cool. Also, she it's a flip design. of other time travelers. Cause like she's nice and idolizes the heroes. Like she's gone back in time and she idolizes certain people. And that's a flip from all the other like time <laughs> yeah, travelers. Yeah, she's not like the gritty, grumbly one. Though she's Cable has his look moments. For the X Cable and Cable and Bishop have their moments when they're first introduced of being like, oh my god, that person's famous. Like, Cable just recently had one with Rocket Raccoon, where he was like, Rocket Raccoon's the greatest outlaw or something that ever lived. Love that guy. And then when Bishop shows up, he like goes, he's like fanboying about uh, Cyclops. And he's like, not every day a guy from whatever sector gets to meet the Cyclops. This is amazing. And then he looks at Jubilee and he's like, you're the best one there'll ever be. And Jubilee's like, whoa. Bishop did this? Yeah, and his first uh, joining of the X Men. Okay, so you maybe I'm wrong. In hindsight, but like, but you know, right, it's, she's not as gritty face. and like mean. Yeah, what was Justin saying? That's. Do you think in hindsight, Bishop was just saying that to Jubilee to make her feel better? Like, oh yeah, you Jubilee, you're the best there is. I don't think he cared. That's the thing. Like, he didn't have yeah. that like <laughs> compassion. Um, that Rasputin four seems to have. Um, so. With the Hellfire Gala and with everyone being scattered with this Krakoan age, because Hellfire Gala comes off the heels of Sins of Sinister, and like there are some big things that happen there, and then they like rewrite the time, and then like one of the somebody has gotten Dominion status, which all of these are very like lofty science fiction stuff, which is kind of what the Krakoan age of X Men has been all about. It's like very high concept science fiction, right? Um, Sinister and Moira, like like since they're having Moira clones being very uh, uh, obsessed about Moira clones, I thought was like super cool. Um, but then we have Orcus dealing with their things in the background, um, setting up things. I was, I was listening to an interview with Jerry Duggan and um, talking about how he didn't want it to come out of nowhere. All the things that the Orcus did to essentially kill everybody um was set up in previous issues of previous series. By the way, I wanted to shout out people in the chat. Uh, Purple Trainer was here in the chat. Everybody out in the chat, uh, click follow and definitely follow Nikhil and Justin on their social media. Um, shout out to Purple Trainer. Shout out to Wednesday Pull. Shout out to Meat Loafers 14. And shout out to Fishboy 67. Hey, hey guys. 
I know Meatloaf is a fish boy. I feel fish like boy says, is that Chad in Nikhil's background? Who else would it be? You bet it. You bet. Who else would it be other than Chad? Um, well, I guess it could be Abomination. He's he's kind of close looking, but you know, that is Chad. This is Chad. Um, Love Chad. So uh, what was I saying? Oh, uh, how, how have you guys been feeling about Orcus and their machinations? Because they hit them on a multi-pronged assault. Best villain the X-Men's ever made. <laughs> yeah, like, I think Orcus is way up there. Yeah. They essentially created villains from bad. scratch on some of those, you know? Like Dr. Stasis. Well, is Dr. Stasis from scratch? I don't know. But I, I like, um, what's his name? Uh, what's red skin guy? I just did a video on him. Why am I forgetting his name? The guy who wanted to colonize Mars, the human that like, you know what I'm talking oh. about? White white oh. hair. He's an invincible Iron Man. Oh, Phalong. Phalong. Yes. 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 Phalong has been crazy. Like one of the best X Men villains in a long time. Oh, I I wouldn't say in terms of like. I guess the last 10 years, easily best X-Men villain. Most interesting X-Men villain. Most effective X-Men villain. We're talking about the team the or him specifically? Orcus. <laughs> I guess Orcus in general. Yeah. Like, I yeah. can't think of a a better memorable villain organization. Or just villains in general. Maybe since uh, Professor X's twin sister, what's her name? Cassandra Nova. Cassandra Nova. Like, yeah. really, like, you know, what I mean? we'll be talking about Orcus for decades after this, you know? Yeah. No, I think yeah. it's fantastic. I think the idea of making it a collective is also very smart because it gets us to work in, like, the way they all work together as well. I think yeah. having, like, merging people like Stasis, who's essentially just old Sinister, with, like, Nimrod is a very interesting idea as Nimrod doesn't even want to save human beings. Yeah. Um, and I loved, loved how they... Like reading the Hellfire Gala, like I was saying earlier, it feels like reading a book, this whole Cocoon Age. And reading the Hellfire Gala really felt like reading the end of a book. It was like all these little plots from all these different series coming back up in a way that just absolutely destroys the X-Men. And right. it felt very earned. I was like, of do course they can do all this. Do you think the end of the Cocoon Age for real? I don't think it is. No. I. It is the end of what is called the Cocoon Age. It may not be the end of the place Cocoa. And it may not be the end of like mutants having a country, but as far as the grand vision of what this age was going to be, this is the planned end. And now after this, they're even shaking up, uh, like the editor stepping away and everything, and we're having a new era of X Men. Um, not like a brand era, but like an actual era. Yeah. Um. So whatever, like it could just go back, but this like from Hawksbox till the end of this is this grand story right. they want but we to have know. to finish the fall of x era and there's a lot of threads yeah. that are getting picked up right now so like um um and also shout out to uh angry ghost three who says chad because there's a lot of chad fans are these all your people nikhil is they might be <laughs> you got a chad fan Sorry. club out there <laughs> so random uh, not even dude, all the star members it's just i don't chad. even know i made so i bullied a friend of mine talking about chad very publicly on the internet um by the way has props to Chod calling friends. him chad and not chaod i used to call him chaod i gave up it chad does make more sense yes um but 
Yeah, it's funny too because like my thing for so long has been Gambit, but now people will make memes, and instead of Gambit, they'll have Chad. Like he's just taken yeah. over as my default character. So I mean, it's kind of like Justin Rousseau and Glob Herman. It is. Like it a lot of people is. just demand Glob from him. You know. Um, Damn, I need is, one of those. I need a mascot. I, yeah. I don't. I don't have a mascot, but I. I need a. I just need to find. Figure it out. I need a. Just find a big guy that no one's heard of and just yeah. say that that's your favorite guy and they'll yeah. it'll work. It it wasn't enough that I declared my love for Polaris that you know I want to be Magneto's uh son-in-law. It's not enough, I guess. For you would to, die. Dimitri, I would not would I would be a, I would be a mutant in this scenario. Very oh, okay. low level mutant power. <laughs> very low level mutant power. That's fine. You but would like, still die. I feel like mutant or I feel like Magneto would be like, you know what? I, Screw you! I don't. Magneto I just truly don't kill me. I truly don't think Magneto cares enough about Polaris to worry about who she's. What? Doing. <laughs> I really don't. Those two have been on panel together like what, like ten times? Like I don't think they were close at all. So you're saying I have a chance? So yes. who who is Magneto's favorite child? Wanda. Wanda by far, like yeah, canonically. Yeah. He he loves Wanda. Pietro's salty about it. Polaris came yeah. into the equation later, and they all forget about her. Um, it, it's funny because his 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 uh, his relationship with Wanda is like like my my little honey bunny. I love you, even if you're not a mutant. You're a mutant in my eyes, and you're my daughter. And then Quicksilver shows up, and he's like, "Get it, get the fuck out of here, flat scan." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Go." Go to fucking hell. He does not like Pietro. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so sad for Pietro, but you know what? Yeah. He sucks. So <laughs> I, I miss, by the way, I miss 90s uh X-Men slang, like flat scan and gene joke. And like Oh my god, I love gene joke. I think yeah. that's gene joke. I haven't heard of that actually. actually. What's the joke? Gene, gene joke, joke is, is mutants, right? And yeah, flat scan comes humans. from a it comes from Genosha before Genosha was taken over by Magneto. It was like this really anti-mutant country, and they called mutants gene jokes. <laughs> oh, as in I thought I a, a slur. <laughs> like yeah. as in jeans. Ah, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Um, but anyway, uh, so we we got a lot of stuff that comes out of that comes out of um that's in Fall of X that comes out of Hellfire Gala. Uh, we have um the books that came out this month, Uncanny Event, I'm just going to throw out the titles. Uncanny Avengers, number one. Um, we got uh, Dark X-Men, number one. We got Alpha Flight, number one. We got Astonishing X, uh, Iceman, number one. Astonishing Iceman. Um, Children of the Vault, number one. There's a lot of number ones. But then there, you know, Mortal X-Men continues. X-Men Red continues. Um, um, X-Men continues. Miss Marvel, New Mutant, number one. Uh, what am I missing? Jean Grey, Realm of X, number uh, one. The Ghost Rider Wolverine thing. Does that deal with uh, Fall of X it's at all? It's set. I, I didn't it's read it. It's set in Fall of X. It's mm-hmm. not entirely relevant. It's got the same Big Lebowski-esque character from the Wolverine series in it. So, like, it's firmly set. Oh, Jeff Bannister. Fall of X. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Uh, I did read this month's issue of that, but um, it's good. I read it all before this because I didn't know what we were covering for this. Yeah. So I said out of it the whole thing, and it's good. Also, Deadpool, uh, ten. Deadpool ten just ended. One of my favorite Deadpool runs, if not my favorite. 
Oh, it was great. Yeah. So um, and then Scarlet Witch uh, also has the return of Joseph, the Magneto clone. Yes. And he seems good because last time he was bad. Because they had a Magneto fake I'm not reading with Scarlet us. Witch. Scarlet Witch is amazing. If you're not reading Scarlet Witch, like, I don't like I've Scarlet Witch. I'll get this to run has been amazing. I'm not like, reading it, but the art looks really good. I see it all over Twitter. The art is so. I'm beautiful. not. Oof. I'm not reading it either, but I I knew that Joseph thing was gonna happen when they yeah. showed the Magneto up, and yeah. I again was in the pits in my comments with people. The like, Magneto's alive. I was like, no, he's not. I promise you, that would be a yeah. much bigger deal than just. Yeah, it wouldn't appear in Scarlet Witch. Page at the end of Scarlet Witch. Yeah, um, he's been dead for a minute, right? Since X Men yeah, read dead some, since or, Judgment uh, Day. Judgment Day. Yeah. He dies uh, he, fighting Uranus. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he went out like a champ, though. Like, you he think did. he's, he taking, like, he's like, I don't even need a heart. And I held just it keep together. Them. Yeah. Yeah. The Hellfire Gala is the thing that made me realize, I was like, this is, like, why they killed off Magneto. Because and there's no off way the Hellfire... There's no way the Hellfire Gala goes this way with Magneto. Stasis would have been like, hey, Xavier, we're going to kill humans unless you vacate Earth. And Magneto would have been like, kill the humans. I do not give a shit. He would have just done it. Right there. Like, (laughs) he's like, fuck this. He was like, Uh, we're fighting. Storm was off world also during the Hellfire Gala. But Storm is at least like, that's the plan. Like, Orcus is helping orchestrate get keeping Araco busy so Storm won't be there. They yeah. had no way to try and get right out Magneto other than yeah. literally like dead. Cannot be at present. No, at they thing. Orcus uh was with Druig. Orcus did a dru- the, to bring in um Oh that's true. Orcus does play a role in Judgment Day. Yeah. Oh shit. So, um well no that's not Judgment is that Judgment Day? No they're definitely because no, that, that's isn't... oh is it Moira? I don't know. Aren't they in Judgment Day? Isn't Orcus when Moira but joins it, with Orcus? Uh, but no, but what was the uh, the Eternals coming in and killing the mutants? Was that Judgment Day? Or was that a yeah. different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because Judgment Day is Avengers versus X-Men versus Eternals. So that's what it's called, Axe. Right, right, so right. So the Eternals versus X-Men part was the people... Oh, yeah, coming, yeah, that's uh, right. That's how it starts. But then that takes place in X-Men Rocco. Red. You're right. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Orcus had a part in that with Druig. So yeah, so it is. Yeah, look at that. Orcus did their mm. fucking work, man. You gotta give them credit. Effective. I like how <laughs> I like how they're like, we'll let them have the first two parties. You know, <laughs> that third party. You well, know, the second party is where they're poisoning the drugs, which also cracks me up. It's like no one's watching this shit. Yeah, everyone went to the party. Yeah, like... <laughs> it's. Uh, Orcus has been doing their been doing their work. Um, let's talk about Uncanny Avengers number one. Did we all read that one? Yes. How do you guys like the return of the Unity Squad? I have mixed okay. feelings. I think of all of these, it's still my least favorite. Uh, Interesting. Movie. Okay. I think really? I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I found it the let the least like grabbing of my attention. I'm willing to see like where it goes. And I feel like it has the potential for a good story. It's just like, right now, I don't see much happening. I like I this like that group. they're killing. Yeah. Groot. No, no, this group. Not this group. Oh, I was like, I missed this group. Did I read this? Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> like I feel... this group because I've never seen this group team up before. I mean, it's like, 
I get it. I get why the Unity Squad was formed. Like, I get it in my head. At the same time, it's like, I don't know if I have the time to read about, like, how good Cap is an ally. <laughs> like, I am forming the Unity Squad. To... That's kind of where... Yeah. Well, especially because, like, the Unity Squad is, like, literally just Cap. Like, it's... It's just I know, like, Deadpool... Cap and X-Men. Deadpool and Quicksilver are not, like, mutants, so I guess they count, but it's, like... It's all X characters and Cap. Yeah. Uh, in this in this iteration, so yeah, it depends on. Yeah, you're right because Quicksilver is an X character, regardless of whether he's mutant or not. And Deadpool is also the same. Um, you know, yeah, you're right. I don't know. I I think it's interesting because like I've always said that the the Avengers don't care about mutants. Like I've always been anti Avengers in that aspect, where it's like. Mutant kids are being massacred and the Avengers don't show up. But the Stanford incident in Connecticut, like the X-Men come for cleanup, right? Like they come and help the Avengers. There's a big problem. The X-Men help Avengers. There's a big mutant problem that Avengers don't show up to help the X-Men. They're like, you guys, you guys just, got it, I, right? I don't blame Avengers. Like that's just not their fault. It's not their book. It's kind of like when like the MCU was coming out and yeah. everyone was like, why aren't the Avengers helping in this movie? Like, it's not the movie. Like, just, it's fine. I know. So I never, I don't have ill will to the Avengers for this. Mm. It's just like, if I'm going to challenge gonna you on up, this, I'll... look at what, what's happening in Invincible Iron Man right now. Tony is well, helping. Yeah. And for the first because time in my it's life, being I'm written like... by the, it's being written by the same guy who's writing X-Men. So there we go. Like, <laughs> like in universe, I'm like, I can respect Tony, you know? I did not read I did, this. I love that title. Can someone explain to me how they're getting married to Emma Frost? Yes. Iron Man? Because uh, does Nicole I know, or do you it? want me to fill it in? I read, I've only read Iron Man 8. I've only read Iron Man 8, and I will say their flirting was more genuine than I expected. I assumed this wedding was a con, but they seem to be setting up real romance. I've not read Iron Man 9. If you have, go right ahead and tell them how it's happening. Do you have any I, more questions, Justin, or... Because I'll like I, I heard about it and I was like, ew, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I think wait a minute. Well, I know what it comes from is they did this thing like forever ago. I forget what story, but they were like, well, like as part of the story, they were predicting the future. And one of the things they said in that story was, Oh, Tony and Emma get married. And yeah. it's been like this joke of like how the fuck would that happen? And now yeah. they're finally going to try and tell it. And I was also listening to an interview with Duggan and he was like, It was a cerebro? I also yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I also hated this idea, but then I thought about it. I was like, maybe we could do it. And so that's yeah. happened. It's like every, the only way to think about this is immediate disgust and then slight pondering after. But here's yeah. the thing. I think it works. I think it works I, a little bit. Like It works with this. If, if, if Emma's getting married to anyone, it's going to be someone with a lot of money. It's true. You know, I, I it think, doesn't have to be like a real loving marriage. It could just be an exchange. Well, this is why I assumed I assumed it was a con. Like I thought it was going to be both of them teaming up for something. And because they're both kind of weird individuals, they yeah. thought the best way to get what they wanted was to marry each other. But like, I don't know. In that one Iron Man issue I read, they seem cute. Like I was like, all right, I kind of see it. I see the romance here. Yeah, when I heard about the wedding at first, I I was disgusted. As everybody, I think across the board, everybody's disgusted. Um, and I was like, well, I don't know how this is gonna happen, but it can't be real. Emma's not gonna fall in love. Blah 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 blah. Uh, and also, I was not looking forward to like picking up the new Iron Man run, the Jerry Duggan one. Not because I don't like Jerry Duggan. I like Jerry Duggan, but I just I don't care for Tony. 
But then I started picking it up, and the first three issues kind of sets up the series without the mutants. Issue four brings in Phalong, and I love Phalong, and then he, like, meets up with Emma at the end of issue four. And now we're on issue nine, and they're dealing with the aftermath of the Hellfire Gala, and Tony has been, you know, down on his luck. Phalong has taken over Stark Industries. Um, he is helping Emma. And Emma was like, I didn't expect you to ever come back to this, these sewers that you left me in. And he's like, you know, um, like, he's not being lovey-dovey, but there's like a level of respect. And I think Tony's really yeah. well-written. And I think Emma's really well-written because sometimes to me, I respect Emma when she's written well. And when she's not written well, I'm like, I don't care how powerful you are. I don't want you around me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just a horrible person. You're just mean. And you pick on people and you're just a bully. Like, don't like don't be that person. But like Emma, when she's written right, I think she's endearing and she's kind of an asshole. And Tony's kind of an asshole. And for some reason, they've brought me over and it works. I don't like asshole nice guy pairings. So like Maddie Pryor and Havoc right now, they're together, as you see in like Dark X-Men number one. And Havoc is just essentially her pet. And I feel bad. And I don't it's like Madeline Pryor though. Come on. I don't I don't like that I, pairing because I, I feel like <laughs> I mean it's good for story, but like in real life, I just like there are a lot of people in real life that are in like I don't want to say abusive relationships like that, but in her case, I guess it is. But like I don't think where there's like abusive. such a big I think asshole he's just a very submissive a... man. He's like I think he's genuine he genuinely his biggest thing in life is he wants to please Madeline. And that's like Does I don't think that's abusive. It's just what he wants in back? life. I mean, Havoc definitely needs therapy, but I don't know if it's because of this specifically. I'm not saying subs need therapy. I'm saying him specifically his obsession. The Keek mm -hmm. Show does not support bottoms. I support bottoms. That's fine. This anyway, the, the top big... only podcast. <laughs> this is not a if you are a bottom. Stop, get stop top spreading. Podcast. <laughs> don't. We... Don't spread this, okay? No, it's true. Clip this. Chat, clip this clip right now. Um, Declare yourself if you're a bottom or a top of the chat right now. <laughs> point is, my point is, is Tony and Emma are just equally assholes that, act that do care. So I can see it kind of working. And I think Emma needs to break off from Scott. I think Emma shouldn't care about Scott. Oh, absolutely. Anymore. I think Scott I has clearly so. picked a side. Which is yeah. different sides, but not Emma. And I think that he's disrespecting Emma. You know what I mean? I no, absolutely. I think Scott is in this new Gene Wolverine polycule thing that there's not a lot of space for Emma, and especially because Emma doesn't have a good relationship with Gene or Wolverine. So it's like she, she can't hates live Wolverine. that house with them. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like I don't know. I'd also think she needs somebody new. Or nobody, but like she needs it not to be Scott anymore. Yeah, and there should be a bachelor version, the Bachelor of Krakoa, Bachelorette. And if Ross becomes the Bachelor of Krakoa, think about it, and everyone gets yeah. a chance to date Emma Frost. It'd be great. I feel like she'd have so much distaste for anyone competing, though. Right, like, it would you work. Had to, you had to be one of the thirteen people to try to ask me to date you. Ridiculous. I think she wants to be the hunter, not like the the pursuit. You know, like the the you know. Really? Whatever. I think she would get off on that. You know what I mean? I mean like, oh, either. everyone wants yeah. to date me. Ha ha. You yeah. know? Yeah, I could see it. I think oh. there's also some of like, there's a fun running bit of, especially in Krakoa. 
I think is it Coco? I don't know. But there's a fun running bit of Emma where she's like part of her hates that she cares so much about Scott. Where she's like, of all fucking people, I fell in love with Scott Summers. And I feel like Tony's a similar vibe. And now she's gonna if she does love him, she'll get just stuck. They'd be like, God damn it. One I'm, day I'll really? pick a person of my stature. Because Tony's like a mess, you know, just like yeah. Scott is. Like she's not evading the brooding. I I just like people ship Steve Rogers and Emma. I don't oh, I because again, I, I think well, I like the idea that like Steve has no interest in Emma because like that's life. Sorry, that's life, baby. Sometimes I, you I know, don't ship you them can be the hottest thing on earth, but you know. I don't ship them romantically, but I do love the idea of them like co-parenting the cuckoos. Oh, you're you're on that train. Is that theory confirmed? It's not confirmed. No, it's not confirmed. It could it's be. not confirmed. But I love it. And it makes so much sense. And I and you know if Steve knew, like if they ever confirmed it, just told Cap. He the idea step that up. he realizes they're just teenage children that are his that he has unknowingly abandoned for the last forever would he'd go hard immediately yeah and that whole dynamic i would love to see it'd be um, especially because emma doesn't even like being their mom i was like please stop telling people this you're too old <laughs> it makes me look old yeah i i i i guess to put a pin on my end of it i like tony and emma now now that i'm talking through it i like the idea of two assholes getting married um and on the same vein i don't like this is gonna be crazy i don't like storm and black panther but i do like storm and this new guy is his name craig because i like the idea Craig from nasa yeah (laughs) i I love him he's such a good person like you see that in judgment day and in x-men red that he's like he's there to teach and he's there to like uh listen and and learn the culture of arako he's there and uh, i think storm as a goddess deserves a good human being like you know Mm. but an asshole just deserves an asshole i think is also cool i think i don't know i have a hard time with storm's heterosexual relationships i see her much more with either callisto or yukio and i carry the torch more for those i did like her with forge but i've never read how that ended and i've heard it ends terribly it, so it ends badly because the distrust um, Forge invent because Forge can't stop inventing and this is the way I remember it Forge essentially invents a ray to take away the powers right either it's not a oh no blocker. that's the beginning that's oh. the beginning that's What's how they the... meet because um, they meet oh. that way and he gives this gun out and then he finds Storm depowered and then he like that's what life death is uh, is the one of the best comics ever it's called life death a romance story and it's mm-hmm. Storm and her and him just getting to know each other and it ends with her realizing that he built the gun and leaving him but then they date for like i feel like most of the 80s they're together in some capacity i don't they must break up in the 90s somewhere and i don't know where it is but i hear it goes terribly but he like there's a really cute thing where they go to like this alternate dimension during fall of the mutants and it's like primal times so there's no technology so he builds Mm -hmm. this like uh thing to give her back her powers out of his own leg because he has like a bionic leg so he yeah. takes apart his leg and builds her this thing that gives her back her powers it's really cu- cute stuff i like them in the 80s forge i also just like generally more in the past now he's like just dude bro forge which is also fun but like yeah i miss uh, what he was like a super complicated character 
I just looked it up in Uncanny X-Men 289, Forge proposed to Storm. However, he believed she would refuse him and retracted the proposal, but Storm was intending to say yes, and they broke up. Oh, brutal. I think it's, what's his insecurity? That's what it is that led to... The greatest enemy of Forge, insecurity. Truly. Yeah, yeah. Um, So with Uncanny X-Men, or Uncanny Avengers and Unity Squad, oh yeah, let's talk about the X-Men killing. Because we see this in X-Men 25 or 26, the issue that comes out right after Hellfire Gala. Nikhil is pro-murder. Nikhil is pro-kill. Of Orcus, yes. <laughs> I think it's it's like the old punch a Nazi argument, you know? It's like, yeah, but worse because Orcus does cartoonishly evil things that you can't do in real life. Like, I think murdering that, especially because everyone's still laboring under the impression that everyone wants the gates is dead, you know? So yeah. That's like mm, one of the biggest genocides, like, uh, ever yeah. in a second. I think right. you could absolutely kill those motherfuckers. 100%. I'm down. I really liked in Uncanny X Men. Or Uncanny Adventures, Cap, where Psylocke's like, are you going to tell us that we can't kill these people? And Cap's like, no. No, it's okay. Well, <laughs> does he say do. no? Or does he say, like, we'll see? He says he's not going to stop them. Yeah. So, I am famously anti-superheroes killing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would, I would like to say there are a few exceptions to superheroes killing. Yeah. Number one, if you are in an invasion scenario, you can kill the gray aliens or the people like trying to take over. Right. You know, I like think army, like in a war situation, like any in a war type scenario. Yeah. I think if you're going to like save the world, yeah, you, you're going to have to take those people down. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. That's when they cease becoming superheroes and we're just fighting a war. Right. In this case, we're in a wartime scenario. Like, legit these people are trying to eradicate your people and if the x-men i wouldn't i wouldn't call them superhero and like the capital s in this very moment i would put like people yeah. just like stopping crime on the streets spider-man should not be killing people ever you know daredevil right. shouldn't yeah. kill people yeah but, absolutely you know I mean? but in this wartime scenario they are at war okay yeah <laughs> like especially I... if they're acting on behalf of Krakoa as uh, uh, maybe like Krakoan soldiers, if you will. I don't even know how to describe it, but like they're at war. They're going to kill people. That's basically my sense because it's like it's that thing where it's like how many bad things can you do or help do and still claim the title of your innocent person? Like earlier, the X-Men saved that guy from whatever raid they're doing on Orcus and the guy's like, oh my god, the X-Men saved my life. And they're like, yeah, of course we do because we're good people even though you guys are terrible and want to kill us. And then they do try to kill the wall and succeed. And Kitty re-meets this guy. He's like, wait, I know X-Men. You guys, you guys like, saved we're just my normal life before, dudes, right? so you're going to save me. And then she's like, no. Like, you well, just helped kill everyone I knew and love. Why the he fuck? He went back. I you saved that? him, and he went back to Orcus. Like, you didn't save him, and he realized the error of his ways, and he left. And he didn't just go back. He went back and then joined with guns and, and then waited outside the gate to kill people. Like, he's yeah. horrible. He deserves to die. Yeah. She she goes all out on them like like she she they're at war you know puts her hands through their body she phases the kitty phases them into the ground like we see kitty one of them oh yeah Uh, she like phases it into their chest does she does she merge people 
I think yeah. she, she grabbed two, yeah. No, she's killing. Yeah. Hardcore. Big hardcore. fan. Love it. Which is funny because I'm not like, so similar to what you're saying, Freddie. I, no, your name's not Freddie. Similar to what you're saying, <laughs> New um, fan. <laughs> um, I, the Shadow Cat, like, oh, Kitty's a ninja and she fights and does all this stuff thing. It's always been a little eh to me, but I'm liking it now. It finally I, paid I off. I really dug the one issue. Yeah. I, it, it is funny, though. There's this old, like, Tumblr post or something that's like, the issue with Kitty Pride is every single time they introduce her, they reinvent her. And it is mm. so funny to me to watch it now. And it's like, it is every series she's in. Like, now yeah. she, the Marauders is over. She's coming to Expo. She's no longer Captain Kate. She's got to be Shadow Cat. She's not a pirate anymore. She's a ninja. Yeah, it's, it right. truly is. Anytime she switches series, they reinvent her character. Yeah. It's tragic. Well, her name isn't even the same. Like, she used to be Shadowcat. Now she's Shadowcat. Yeah, okay. It's her best It's her best code name. Are you really going to call it her is. Ariel? No. Nah. Or Sprite? No. No, hell no. Nah. Shadowcat's no. It's the best. Shadowcat's the best name. name. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But now she's Shadowcat. <laughs> yeah. I love the cat. It's she is. Such a, capital S. It's all it's, one word, but it's capital S, capital K. It's such a lovely, like, X-Men-y thing to have random letters like that. Like, Havoc yeah. and Magic. It's like, sure. And I also yeah. like that they don't explain it. Like, it's just on the note from Ogun that's allegedly from back then. It just says Shadowcat with a K. And they're like, yeah, that's how it's misspelled. You remember yeah. this? We didn't change yeah. anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, she's going on a rampage. Then Psylocke and Penance are going on a rampage at Uncanny Avengers. Um... And basically everyone's going on rare pages because at least the implication I got is that Gambit, Archangel, and Maggot are also killing people. Where where are they? But they they feel are... bad about it. In Dark <laughs> X-Men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark X-Men, they're definitely killing people. I absolutely think the idea is that every mutant that survived the Hellfire Gala is just kind of open season right now on Orcus. Like yeah. They're going in little gorilla shadow groups. Right. Did you guys read Children of Vault, number one? Yes. Regrettably, and I hated it. Okay. Really? I never yeah. liked the Children of the Vault. I never gave a fuck about the Vault. It made town. It made Lord Kinney weird. <laughs> I love that. No, I love that issue. If we're talking about the issue where Darwin, Laura, I and the issue, Sink go and in. I never cared about that anything else besides that, you know? Like, I was like, okay, especially with the resurrection, where it's like, oh, man, we lost Laura Kinney in the vault. It's okay. We'll just get a new one. I <laughs> I am so confused about the Talon Laura issue, because yeah, first yeah. of all, it proves that resurrection, it goes against what Sins of Sinister proves. Because Sins of Sinister proved, yes, resurrection is usually the same person, and without hope is only now we're getting clones, and that's why it's not working. But then, like, the Talon thing proves that it's not the same person because Talon's the real person. It's so confusing. Well, I no, think... it's not It's not that it's not the it's... real person. It's that if your experiences diverge, you're, you are a different person based on your experiences. No, but what I'm saying is, like, we see, I think it's, it's I think it's in Sins of Sinister, uh, we see Nightcrawler die. And you see his presence, like, talk to someone, like his soul, before entering the new body. Like it's pretty established that that there is a direct line, and then a big right. person in the sinister is saying, 
Hope is somehow doing this. We don't know how, but Sinister is making Sinister clones, or at least he was trying to with his DNA, and all the Sinister clones have a death switch on them. But Hope has been negating this because it's actually the person. It's not just a clone. And then they got rid of Hope, and suddenly it is just Sinister clones. So I don't. Talon should not like. It can't be Talon's consciousness if it's Talon still has consciousness. You know, like it can't be her soul. She's Unless they copy the soul. How do we know that Talon is the original? Like, is there we a don't, chance, technically, like that there was a switch up or like the real? Some people say she's a traitor. A lot Some of people, people were guessing that she's Serafina, that she's like the the shapeshifter one, which mm. I don't think holds up because she's in Children of the Vault. But um, I think it's just I think it's a play so that they have Laura, who they've now retconned to be Wolverine's actual daughter, and they still have Laura, the clone, in Talon. Or flip it. They have Talon, who's they've had come to be Wolverine's actual daughter, and then Laura, the clone girl, who is now X twenty three. So um, if X twenty three dies, do they even bother bringing idea. her back? Uh, I think I they would because they brought back Gabby when Gabby died. But Gabby they, died but you have back. Talon there. If Talon dies, do you bring back that version but of Talon? I'm just yeah. Now I assume do, so. Actually, yeah, because they did they the are, first time. You know what I'm I saying? don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's a big issue to me. It's like, what is happening with Talon? But there it's also a storyline. So clearly, I think has to be a plot. So yeah. I hope they'll just tell us eventually. Like I think we're supposed it re- to be confused because it's so confusing. It reminds me of when they brought back Old Man Logan to the six one six, and he basically acted like this Wolverine for like a long time. There wasn't any real distinguishing things when he was in a group setting because he's like, still oh, gruff. Yeah, Wolverine would say that. You know, oh, Wolverine would say that. And you're like, if yeah. he's going to act exactly like Wolverine, in my opinion, might as well just have Wolverine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I feel it. I just, yeah. It's I think there's thing. something's going to happen with that. But um, we we also deal with, like, a lot of mutants have, got, like, been sought refuge in the Limbo Embassy in Dark X-Men number one. Yes. I okay. I know. I know. Nikhil and I are going to disagree on this. I'm interested on Justin's opinion. I don't like too much magic in my X Men. Like I don't like well, Realm of X. Well, I mean Realm of X was fine, but I didn't like Excalibur. I didn't like Knights of X. I don't need Merlin and Arthur Pendragon to pop up. Like I'm also not a big fan of Medieval Times kind of thing. I think it's overplayed. Eurocentric mythology does not like. Or Anglo-Saxon mythology. I like Greek mythology, but I don't like Merlin and Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. I'm not a fan, but that's me mm. personally. I'm not saying it shouldn't so, exist. I enjoyed I the new Excalibur up until Ten of Swords, and I was like, "Wow, that was a great conclusion." Oh, really? Like, I really enjoyed Ten of Swords. I really did. Oh, I was the I was the flip. I really liked Ten of Swords, and I really liked Excalibur after. <laughs> what really because yeah, I love, that's so I, because i think uh, back to like a way earlier point apocalypse really improved thanks to kokoa i was like you know what you you're an amazing character now and i got to um he was with that one guy the earth guy what's his name richter uh, richter. richter made richter better that whole thing i was like wow this is wonderful and then ten of swords even though there wasn't a lot of actual battles you know i thought it was i like the switch 
I, yeah, I, I love tentacles. Because I it was one of the best events. Use some of those yeah. cool swords that they got or something. But I was like, oh, people thought it was going to be Mortal Kombat, but it ended up being Mario Party. That's what I wanted. That's what. <laughs> see, if it, if if, if, uh, if there's another episode of the Key Show, my pitch for a Marvel DC crossover would be basically Mortal Kombat. Secret contest of champions. Was, we did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've but, done it before. But um, and they'll do it again. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you worry. One day they come swords. back. So I love ten swords. So when it comes to Excalibur, after everything after ten swords, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ease out of this. It wasn't that interesting. Yeah, but Orcus is in league with with the Coven Akaba, which we we see right like. They're in yeah. like Orcus is well, all like, over the place. They're the ones doing Araka, which I find so intriguing. I guess it lines up because X of Swords is like the more magical one, and now, yeah. the, but the the one the villain of Excalibur, or whatever, popped up at the end of X Red. I was like, oh, right. we're really yeah. tied this back together here. <laughs> yeah. Also, isn't is Brian Braddock Captain Britain? Like, is he part of Orcus? No, right? No. No, but, but Guardian is right from Alpha Flight. Yeah, well, because Guardian sucks massively. Is it the same Guardian <laughs> that's in Alpha Flight number one? I have no idea. Because I thought, I, wait, I thought. All right, let me reread Alpha. Jim Flight. Hudson, I right? Just read it. So I thought they were. It turned out they were actually good guys. No, they did. They did. But there's an earlier yeah. comic. I think it's an X Men Red or Sword that reveals be, that yeah. Mac is working with. Orcus. Mac Hudson, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know any of it, but yes, that was a thing that happened. That he might still right. be because he sucks so much. So he might be double bluffing them. I have no idea. Or really maybe he realized they were evil. Guy. What did he do? Or Why maybe he, he, he like helped. Like he's like part of the reason Wolverine got like Wolverine. Like he's like a terrible Oof. person. Um, well, you learn something new every day. But like. I, I don't know, maybe he learned that Orcus was like extra bad after the gala and switched and yeah. like regrets it. I don't know, but Alpha Flight. It was definitely there. I like that issue because it starts off with me being like, what? Fuck these guys. Like, like they have a vague conversation. They have a vague conversation in the beginning and I'm like, which side could they be on? And then they show that they're on the bad guy's side. And then in the end, spoiler alert, twist is they're not. They're taking those mutants and they're like bringing them to safety. I to, like that twist. To disagree again, because it's what people mm-hmm. apparently like. Yeah. I really liked I really liked the issue. I I'm still interested, but I was a little disappointed with the twist. Because I think okay. it's the safer option to be like, yeah, this team's also good. But it's like, yeah. who gave a fuck about Alpha Flight? You know? Like this was <laughs> a chance to just be like, here's a like the suicide squad or something you know like here's a team yeah. they're doing a bad thing and watch Kill these characters all? do bad things like yeah. that i would have been down for especially because they specifically like the ones people do care about like north star and stuff they specifically have on the other side and yeah. i have the um hold on i have the alpha flight that's like this one. Oh, why hold it in front of your serious? chest hold it in front of your <laughs> in front of your body yeah there we go it's like it's yeah. like this and it has the mutant team fighting the non-mutant team yeah, it was like the cover, and I thought that was going to be the vibe. It was going to be like the story of like two alpha flights fighting each other, and I, I was like, that's a fucking cool concept of a book. Now, 
No, they're all one big happy team, and they're all doing good nice guy things, which is fine if you want to be normal superheroes. But Dang, I mean, I like dare the they be brothers. happy, Nikhil. Dang, I ah, uh, I was there, ha- like Dakin and Northstar, and everyone were doing good things. That was enough for yeah. me. I don't care about. I'm sorry, I don't give a shit about Puck. He's a funny looking character. Oh, but yeah. like, you could tell he me Puck was evil, and I would not Nikhil? care. He have a mustache. <laughs> There's there's two <laughs> thoughts I had about Alpha Flight. One is is that the twist was very reminiscent of X Factor. Is it X Factor or X Force? The original, um, the one where the original five. Oh yeah, X-Men it's X Factor. X Factor. So yeah. um, X Factor, like going and saving mutants under the guise of being mutant hunters. So there was like it's essentially this. And then the second thing that somebody brought up online is that shaman would not, given the history and ethnicity of shaman would not be part of this like government mutant hunting uh kind of uh organization. I that I agree with, but also Shaman hunted Wolverine. It's like I don't like specifically like it's in character. Not all mutants, right? No, but like for the government. Like they were like, hey, our weapon escaped. Go get him. And then they did. And he was mm. part of it. Like I don't I don't know. It is weird. Shaman did give me pause. Cause like it's funny that he of all people is on board with Orcus. Because that's problematic. Like, I don't know. He could be on the good guy side. Like he could fucking flip teams too. It's fine. Have two yeah, rival. I know flights. nothing about Shaman. I really don't. I know nothing about. Other Alpha than Flight he's just native. He's Native American, is what, what I'm trying to say. And given. Well, nice. he's Native Canadian. Ooh. Oh yeah. 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 First, First Nation, I think, is what they call it. Um, up there. Um. Yeah, First Nation. but like, why? Why would he join up? I don't know, but I don't know. We'll see where that where that series goes. It's fine. I I mean, it is fun that they're it's all like fine. pretending. It's fun enough. It's just I was so jazzed about this idea that they were like fighting the good guy version of Alpha Flight. I was like, fuck yeah! yeah. And then they're like, we're not doing that actually at all. Don't worry. Do you okay, think Orcus is gonna have a gala? Oh, sorry. I have a question. Do we know who Captain Krakoa is yet? We don't. Um, Do we have any theories on who it could be? There are some theories. 90% sure it's Hydra Cap. Especially with how many Nazi-esque speech he was giving and like how much he loved Baron Strucker and everything. I'm Mm. 90% sure it's Hydra Cap. And they mentioned like last time Hydra Cap was around, he tricked Deadpool into something randomly in the issue. And I'm like, yeah. It was Secret Empire. I thought thought Deadpool killed him. Deadpool, no. Deadpool oh, he comes back to Coulson. life at the beginning of. He comes back to life in the beginning of the comic. Oh. It doesn't matter if he's dead. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. In the beginning of uh, Uncanny Avengers, he comes back to life. Um, and Deadpool people have pointed killed... out. I didn't notice. This, I didn't notice this either. But people have pointed out that the scene where he like breaks through the thing and they make a joke, like, "Oh, he's so excited." Uh, oh. is like a direct comic rip of Captain America breaking out of the egg of with Judgment the shield. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's Hydra Cap. But okay. huh. um Captain Krakoa has been like just in the couple pages that he's been on has been really interesting to me. Cause the idea that like like I don't know, it's it's a false flag thing. It's a <laughs> uh, Orcus ploy, it's not even a mutant in the suit, like My, it's supposed to be I really dug. I really dug the free comic book day, like comic. That's like from his perspective. And then he like beats the shit out of Cyclops. I found him less interesting in this actual story because I'm like, Mm -hmm. who is this random man? And just jumping out of a plane. But also it's like pushing my suspension of disbelief because if it is Hydra Cap, 
Like Blob, you've known Cyclops for 50 years. Like yeah. it's condensed, sure, because of time in Marvel, but like you yeah. know Cyclops. How are you thinking this is Cyclops? <laughs> like it's not, it's not even a full mask. It's only half a mask. How right. is this working? Could you so tell well? could you tell your friends from just like right here? I feel like I could tell my friend's voice is the thing. Mm. Yeah, like I could tell, I could tell both. You versus guys, Captain you America's have... voice, which is also going to be a very famous voice yeah. in this world. That's what gives me pause. I'm like, why would, why do they not know? Do you think Captain America has a unique voice in universe? Yes, it's I think Captain America has a very much higher booming, than you think it is. I think it's a very <laughs> booming, rousing voice all the time. That is, I think booming, but also Captain soft. America. I don't think it's too. Hello, fellow Americans. Yeah, that just all the time constantly. That would That's turn me off. Here's if somebody said that and like was like, rah, 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 come with me, I'd be like, eh. I hope that he speaks with a transatlantic accent. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be so fucking funny. Right, like, what it, is, the, oh, that's like the old style. Like, rep- like yeah, it's like the people. 1930s radio people. It's not, yeah. to my understanding, a real way anyone ever spoke. It's like no. a thing they did for a publication but it would be absolutely perfect and so right for Captain America to actually talk that way all the time I would love it like (laughs) whoever you are your attacks have become predictable Captain Krakala God only knows that you'd have to done what uh, what you'd have done if I weren't here to stop you come on that's pretty good that's that's fucking awesome I loved it you sold me a hundred percent but okay you know what this is canon now I love it. No, it is. No, I'm fully on board. You got you got it. Disguising oh, yourself in the uniform of your enemy is a violation of the Geneva Conventions, Captain Krakoa. Is that JFK? Is that <laughs> JFK yeah. has a sort of vibe to it yeah. as well. Yeah. I I don't know. Also back to the magic point. I like magic and the in the X-Men up to a certain degree, I think. Mm-hmm. I find always the mutant powers that are being magical to be funny, but I don't know. I like Madeline Pryor. I think her being magic works. I like the demonic stuff always. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of the Hellfire vibe. The Dark X Men squad is pretty cool though. It's so fun. I love the Dark X Men squad. And that one shot, there's a shot of Gambit like just chilling on a post as he like blows up a car or whatever. It's like his Mm -hmm. silhouette. It's beautiful. I was like, damn. They're gonna make You're Gambit just a cool Gambit again. rider, though. Like, What's I love Gambit. Gambit cool? but like... No, Gambit's cool, but like a lot of Krakoa and Age, he's just been like, hey, fun guy, you know? And like talking about his cats all the time. And I like, like stay-at-home dad He's Gambit. married. He is, but like let him still be cool. Like Gambit was the, the, like, the X-Men you didn't know if you could trust originally. And he's supposed to be morally gray. He's not done a morally gray thing in a while. Ex- excusing tying a woman to a stove and Rogue Gambit, which was, I think, supposed to get people ready for him to be on Dark X-Men. Because, like, up until Rogue Gambit this year, he's not done anything that's, like, a little sketch in a while. Let the mm. man be sketch. He's, he's a sketchy he guy. Dad. I think him and Rogue should have a kid. I think, I think he should also be a dad, but he literally can't be because Why? they made a big deal... Uh, they made a big deal at the beginning of the Cone Age about how Rogue doesn't want children and doesn't oh, want Remy to like push it on her, and crap. it'd be Wait. so weird to walk that shit back. So I think that's yeah. just that's just there now. 
does she not but want I also children agree. or not want to be pregnant? Because I feel like those are two different things, right? She just says she doesn't want kids. I think I Rogue know. is a better cool aunt than I think about it. If she says she doesn't yeah. want kids, that's cool. No, I mean, it makes total sense for Rogue, but I also think Gambit should be a dad. So it does. I think the two of them should just like semi-adopt a ward or something that they just... I mean, Shogo? Like, give... Like give them no, their Jubilee's own like kid. I know, but no, so give them their own like Jubilee esque like Wolverine with Jubilee or Wolverine with Kitty or something. Give the two oh, of them like their own little award. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you know what would be kind of cool, and I, not as a not as a not as a parents child scenario. I would love to see like what Miss Marvel uh, Kamala thinks of Rogue and Gambit, like hanging out with them. I think it'd be a cool uncle and aunt thing. I don't know if she'd be friends with. Rogue no? Gambit, I gotta be fully honest. I don't really? see that dynamic as well. I feel I'm, like I'm um, curious you know what a TikTok be. meme where it's like, uh, so kid, you want a beer? He's four. <laughs> you know, like I don't know what to yeah. yeah. That's why I want Gambit to be a dad because he would not know what to do well, with like a job. It's also Gambit has I think it's just a way of like writing stories with morally gray quote unquote characters. But like Gambit has this weird proclivity for saving children. Like it, in every one of his books, all the time, he has to save a random kid constantly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. why are you, what is this? Why have you always finding children to save? And then they'll point out jokes about it. Like in one series, uh, I think it's like Quicksilver recommends that they go save some kid. Again, it's like, I agree. And they're like, you agree with Quicksilver? And he's like, of course. It's saving your kid. Like it's the one save thing I do. Kid. You know what? They could be <laughs> the comic book solution of like, think about it this way. Cambit has a kid that he didn't know about. Know about that he had with some probably what's that what's the member of the thieves guild what's her name oh you talking about belladonna his ex-wife belladonna yeah you know what belladonna and him had a kid never told gambit about it turns out i'd be rogue there's there's this kid on krakoa now do you know who escapade is escapade no she's in the new mutants now but she's like her backstory is like being a thief and stuff and i would love Love, you know, I again two mutants because I only cared about like one half of it. There was like the space team, and then there was like the not space team. Remember that? It was like split into oh, two parts. Yes. It it got infinitely better after that. that oh, was the, the the um the cool trans person. That's yeah. uh yeah okay I could see it. See it. It's it works so well, and also her power is vaguely roguish because she like switch roll. Uh, she switches places with people. I think it would work beautifully. But it's not teleportation. Um, she switches like she like switches entire things with people. Yeah, like she could become the president. She switches places with the president. <laughs> she becomes a president. <laughs> yeah, it's explicitly said that like she doesn't like take over his body or anything, but just for the amount of time that this lasts people around her will assume the president has always been a 14-year-old girl. Like They're just uh, like, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> so that's that's my pick. But one day. I'll right, to that Dimitri? Post. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah Dimitri. <laughs> um, did, you, did you guys read Jean Grey number one? Because I yes. don't understand. I it. Oh, I loved it. I Tell me how it fits ones. into the great greater greater like frame well it's of like fall of well stuff. it is it, i mean i understand that you don't like it because it's a what if which is the thing you just it's said a what like. if <laughs> well, why I, is this why is this a thing right now what is this how does I'm it fit very into un- the whole framework basically as what i'm understanding this is going to be 
especially from all the cover art, which is all fire on every single cover, is this is how we're getting the Phoenix back. Because the Phoenix has been gone, all Krakoa, uh, hanging out with the Avengers. And hmm. somehow, Jean dies in the Hellfire Gala. Somehow, yes. Jean's coming back. And I am so sure this is how we're going to get the Phoenix back. And I, they're giving her a little mini to explain it. But somehow, Jean's disembodied brain is either A, actually warping reality to see what she could do, or is, B, this is a thought exercise that we're just watching. But she's thinking about when she fucked up and everyone and led everyone to dying. And she's going through her mistakes. And this starts with her earliest mistake, which is when young Jean Grey returned to the past and her trying to fix that. And then we see what the world would have been like if she had tried to fix it then. And then it ends with the plane crash that creates the Phoenix um, that we see at the the last issue. So the next issue will be, I assume, what if I didn't do Dark Phoenix is going to be the pledge. But how does this bring Phoenix back? I... Phoenix, if it's a what if alternate timeline situation, it's well, it's not because it's like the true part of it is Jean Grey is doing this in real time. It's just a matter of what distinction she's going to reach at the end, you know, because she's looking for a way that everyone doesn't die and she's testing them out. This was not one that worked. And I think we're going to see lots of ones that don't work until she eventually solves it. And I'm willing to bet fan theory the way she solves it is becoming the Phoenix before the gala and this might also help fix the gala okay but Um, it's very disembodied consciousness looking through time is the vibe i'm getting and playing around with the timeline a little bit yeah again i'm unclear if she's just thinking and we're seeing her thinking or if she's actually fucking with time i that part i don't know okay um but i'm down for it i thought it was expertly written i was like damn this is fucking awesome it was good it was also a what if and i don't like my what if i don't like what ifs like what ifs are very very specifically like i like what ifs in very specific situations um just like i like dc's elseworlds also like sometimes dc's elseworlds will be like well what if the justice league were cowboys and it's like ah it's so boring it's just you don't like cowboys it's not about that like i like i don't they recently did dark knights of steel which was good because it wasn't just what if the Justice League was in medieval times. It was its own story with changes and it felt like its own thing. I like what ifs when they stick very close to the concept of what if, which is what if you make one change? Like this Mm -hmm. one is like, literally they make one choice, which is not to wipe their brains as kids. And this is what happens because of that. I don't like what ifs when it's more like what you were talking about, where it's like 6,000 changes. And they're like, what if everyone's a dinosaur now? Like, okay, but that's not yeah. even close to something that's happening. It's like also the thing I had with the show was like, what if Thor doesn't get outcast from Asgard somehow yeah. leads to all of the aliens partying on Earth in 2014? I was like, I don't get how that worked <laughs> at all. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. What if also does this thing where like, okay, this is the regular timeline. And what if we'll be like, all right, we're going to branch off. And then they keep going. And then suddenly, like, the universe explodes. Like, it, they'll they'll do that. But it would be nice to see a what-if where it goes like this, and then it starts to, like, level out. You know? It becomes its own branch timeline, but it doesn't end well, with, like, Jean Grey entering the McCran crystal and, like, destroying all reality, and then that's what happens. Well, that, happened in, that happened in 616. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I like <laughs> I'm reading. I'm oh, it wasn't even a while. 
I'm looking through it right now, and I really like these stripy costumes. Of what? Stripy costumes? Of the oh, the new O5 and the Jean Grey. Oh, yeah. Well, it's also, it's beautiful. Cool. It's it's written by the same person who wrote that original X Factor back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. Louise Simonson. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, Louise Simonson did a, uh, did a lot for X-Men back in the day. Um, one of the big things that came out of Hellfire Gala also is Firestar is in-universe retconned to be a traitor. Not in our universe retconned. Yeah. In their universe, through psychic manipulation, retconned that Firestar is their in in Orcus. I loved it. I like I was... it. I think it's fucking cool. I yeah. love it. Justin, Justin, you're shaking your head. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I just truly do not care about Firestar. You I know, don't know either, but things. this oh, is I didn't give great. a shit feels, until this moment. If I was like, fetch. okay, it's like okay, it's like stop trying to make fetch happen, stop trying to make Firestar happen, you know? But then this it's was like, what if though. Firestar was the most important spy in the history well, of I don't universe. think that she's gonna like my thing is like I think she's a member of the expert team, so she had to play a role in the Hellfire Gala. And I think this is a good way of playing into like what everyone's always thought about Firestar, which is like, why is, like, why are you here? You know, she's a race. And trainer. I loved, That's like, everybody. I absolutely is. loved that at the end it also almost immediately backfires. Where Vogue's like, "Hey, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I just can't kill you right now." Like, if Vogue had taken a second to just kill her right then, it would have been so funny. <laughs> but she's yeah, like, I'm going to murder you. And also, like, so many people want to murder her. Like, Rogue's like, "I'm gonna kill you." Kitty's like, I'm gonna kill her. There's that uh the next like speculative juggernaut thing. I think next X-Men comic has on the cover juggernaut hunting Firestar. Like everyone is coming for this girl. And amazing. I love the idea that there's a there's a double agent in Orcus through psychic manipulation that like Gene was like, I only have enough power to like change his memory. I can't change everybody's memory. I can't tell anyone. Like it's just Gene's fucking god mode in that in that issue in general i was like damn in universe it is it's a i just don't she does it well like actively becoming bones i was so like i've always kind of i didn't used to like gene i've after going back to reading a ton of older stuff i've come around on gene and this issue of hellfire gala is the thing that really made me like a big fan of gene well i just found her boring originally but that's yeah because she's boring in like the 2010s which is what i was reading comics i went back to read the older stuff and i was like oh she's not boring she's incredibly interesting i thought she becomes more interesting with the the resurrection of gene gray miniseries where she says goodbye to the phoenix and she becomes more of a character about compassion and and like like they finally like centered on like they settled on gene gray as a character of compassion hope like that's what we're gonna stick with instead of just being this plot device being in a, a triangle with wolverine and, and cyclops with having the phoenix is she dead is she alive phoenix yes or no like they were like okay now she's I, this character i would prefer if they just owned the phoenix i think gene should just be the phoenix and that we need to stop with all this mess which is another uh. issue or another thing i like about the gene gray number one is that it harkened back to the idea that the phoenix is just part of gene which is what she was it was originally yeah. um and not this like literal cosmic bird that hit her but like she manifests that fucking thing as a teenager without yeah. ever going into space in that issue so I'm like ah is she just gonna unlock the phoenix again mm-hmm I hope so. 
Um, I don't know how that plays with why it's occupying Echo right now, but like, <laughs> why don't they just make it? Why don't they just make it that there's a Phoenix egg? She gets the she gets a young Phoenix power, so it's slightly less powerful, and the Phoenix gets to go out into space and like live its life. I don't think the Phoenix eggs are different Phoenixes. I think it's the same Phoenix reborn. Can it be a different Phoenix? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like this Phoenix. My or she gets a Phoenix theory. feather. Phoenix feather, and she's like, "Boom! I'm Phoenix." Like, my my fan theory of this that the only way this makes sense to me is that and I feel like this might be soft canon is that mm-hmm. Jean when she goes in the original Phoenix Saga into the Macron Crystal that's like the nexus of all realities or whatever mm-hmm. and that the Phoenix is an element of her own personality that has then been spread across all time and all reality and so it's now it is its own thing but it's also part of her and that is the only way that I see them making sense of it's Gene originally and then later it's a yeah. cosmic bird. Have they ever That's done a pitch. mind mind gem, like a link between her and the mind gem? Like I, the infinity gems? I have I truly have no idea, but also I doubt it because I don't feel like the gems mattered as much until recently. Into especially into X-Men canon, right? Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um I don't know. I- interesting part. What do you guys what are you guys looking forward to coming up with this fall of X thing? Um, me personally, I don't want Krakoa to end and I don't want them to just go back to the, I, I don't want them to go back to pre Hawksbox status quo. I absolutely like, what are, don't what are we thinking? ever go back to the fucking school. I, you don't want the school? I don't, well, well, create the school, like I, have the school be separate. You can have fucking new mutants set the school. I don't, that's fine. But this yeah. idea that came from like, really from the movies, like the movies were the first people to do the school is a big actual functioning school with lots of students you don't see. And then they were like, oh, let's put that in the comics. That's good. And ever since then, it's just been like Harry Potter with X-Men. And I'm like, let them, I like Krakoa because it gave everyone a new status quo. And I'm liking Fall of X because everyone has different things in different places. But it's like, where are these fuckers? You know, like where are the Star Jammers? Do something with them again. X-Men in space. It doesn't have to be these literal fuckers. Cyclops is down there. It's fine, um, right. but like, I want the I want the super I guardians. I want the guardians. I would uh, the Shi'ar guardians back. Yeah, uh, the yeah the Imperial Guard. It's just yeah. shit like give let the X Men branch out. Let them explore their other stories that they've gotten to explore in Krakoa and Age. And I don't think they're all going to live in a big happy family in Krakoa again. At least not now. Maybe in like ten years when it's like a big event they could do, like return to Krakoa. But I think we're going to see a much more displaced X-Men team. And I'm fine with that. And I'm I, looking forward to it. I I want them to keep Krakoa, to keep Mars, but also to keep the school. So there's options. Krakoa shouldn't be the only home for mutants. I also think that, like, hopefully their hope is that, like, America and the world can change. And except instead of running away from America, like, trying to enact change. And part of that means living in america living in these countries I, you can't you so know so much of the krakoan so much of the krakoan age was also just focused on like maybe this wasn't such a good idea like the whole kurt trilogy has been maybe we should be doubting this the whole thing with the mortal x-men has been like are what is happening so i feel like if they were to keep krakoa it would have to be such a massive upheaval and i would i would like if it was just a setting now if it's like magic yeah. war or something like you could just go to Krakoa and if the head of Krakoa is like 
a B or C list character. So it's not like the biggest thing anymore, but it's like you, you should be Roberta. Doug. You check in with Doug. Oh. Sure. It's like, oh, oh. Doug's there. Okay. Yay. Well, Roberto's, you mean like Beto, like a sunspot? He's not even on Rocco. I know he's, he's on, on Mars. I know he's on Mars, but like he's <laughs> trying to come hand back. For... Yeah, why wouldn't Mars people be able to come back? You know, but yeah, okay, I'm Doug. Just, but, I stay on him. You know. He's a night seat of Araco. He's he's settled. Okay. I think my pick was Callisto, is who I would like to see it. Because I think it's time the Morlocks trade out the sewers for a big tropical island. They could just have and have like have, have like, like, like sex, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know sex. how much sex they're having in the sewers, the Morlocks. Well, right know? now they're in like an Arizona retirement home. Was like oh. the Krakoa for Morlocks. They left the sewers and went to an Arizona retirement home. I, Arizona. I don't know. But I think, mm. I think that they should have it as a setting, have it as a place you can visit. Part of me wants Sebastian Shaw to literally own it, like he wants to, just so they could keep doing Hellfire Gallows. I think that'd be such a funny way to yeah. write it in. If it's just Hellfire Island now, and every year there's a Hellfire Gala for a different reason. I want but Shaw. I dead. don't know. I don't know the likelihood because I think I think Shaw dead is a much likelier option. Of what I need Shaw like actually out of Krakoa. If they if they are hunting down people, they need a like they need to put an end to Shaw. Well, because he's you the know? actual traitor. He's the real fire start. Like he's yeah, the... yeah. That's true. Um, um, Justin, do you what are your what are your hopes and dreams for what comes next? I don't want Krakoa to go away, but something has to end. You know, I, I'm scared that they're just going to blow up Mars to give us like that kind of oh, like... Oh, I hope not. Like, what about the opposite? Yeah, I really hope All mutants and, go to Mars. Well, that's what that's Orcus the, wants. I don't think that's a satisfying yeah. conclusion if it's just exactly. It's not, like, it's yeah, not, it. yeah, that's not what I want either. Um, I, I'm scared that the solution is going to be Instead of blowing up Koa, they end the Mars Iraqi situation. And then we have like I, a Genosha, and it's like, oh, we're so sad that we lost Mars. All this stuff. I'm really you know? sad about that. I'm really worried about that too, because I think the Iraqi pose an interesting like editorial problem where you introduce all these characters that are like beyond powerful and interesting. And I would love them to stick around forever. I like that some of the Iraqi became like just space pirates. That's fine. If we could just migrate them all to space piracy, I'm okay with it. But the it's like, the please don't kill people, them all. It's like they 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 serve the the they cause the same problems that the Morlocks do. Is yep. that their very existence kind of like proves the X Men wrong? Yep. Does and Iraqi kind of does that problem, you know? <laughs> and like, it's in a way that like I think that's what I have to rather blow up the Iraqi people, et cetera, et cetera. But I just, by the way, I don't, sorry, I just want to throw in something real quick. Is that we have we have the R I say Araco and Araki just to differentiate us from Iraqi. Iraq and Iraqi. So yeah, then when we it sounds in like real life, so bombing the Iraqi people sounds like you're bombing the people of Iraq in no. real life, the real life country. So the that's Mars why I say Araco so and Araki. But that's just that's a me thing, and I don't think anyone else is doing that. But it oh, sounds no. so way too similar. No, I've noticed. I I've, I've had to make a lot of videos recently about Araco, and I've noticed the issue with the term Iraqi. I was like, mm, yeah, I okay. put the emphasis on the oh, ah, like no. the Araco, the Araco Araki. But that's me personally. 
So anyway, continue talking about how you would bomb the Iraqi, the, the Iraqi people. I think I think the next stage of this, yes. if I were writing this, which I'm not, never yes. will. I think the next Don't stage. Him. He is writing it. <laughs> that was a fake out. What? I am not the real Firestar. No. Um, <laughs> I think the next step. I would love War War of X. You know, like really, like blow this thing up. Like, what if, what if Krakoa goes to war with Latveria? I think that'd be I, fun. I don't know if I'd care about that as much because I don't think there's another country outside of Wakanda, and I don't want them to fight Wakanda that has the amount of characters I'd care about because it'd be like Krakoa versus Latveria is just Krakoa versus Doom plus Strangers. Yeah. Yeah. What about America? Atlantis? Make it, oh my gosh, and then people have to choose their side. Like, of course, the Avengers want to Amer- choose X Men, but Alpha Flight goes with Doom. Oh my gosh, here's the title World War X. Oh, I don't know. This, is, this is getting Civil War. Well, World War X actually sounds kind of, it plays around with the, the X thing that they do. Like, what number is X, right? Like, World War X. X is a number. I think X is. I think that's the next. If I were writing it, Nikhil would not be I, happy with it, though. But I would not be happy. I just I don't like whenever it's like. Here's the reason all these heroes are fighting each other. One of the reasons yeah. I really love Judgment Day is they pitched it as Avengers versus X Men versus Eternals, and it wasn't that. And I was like, yeah. ah, fantastic. Yeah. I was so scared this was just going to be a random fight thing, but and them be. But you lo- you wanted X I, of Swords to be Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, I love that. Oh, it wasn't was that Justin? No, I thought it was fun. I thought oh. it was fun. Okay, but I know a lot of people were expecting like fight to the death. Yeah, no, that's the other reason I liked X of Swords is they were like, okay. yeah, we're, we'll do it the fun way. But um, I don't know. I feel like Araco is gonna be relatively safe because it seems kind of like editorial wise, it's like separate. It like, was also decimated by Uranus I understand, already. I understand, like, in-universe, it's part of the whole Orcus plan to keep Storm away from the Hellfire Gala. But, like, written-wise, the, uh, the the Civil War of Morocco does not seem to have much to do with what the normal mutants are going through. And I'm hoping as long as we keep Araco's like, a different sphere of existence, like, X-Men in space is just now a thing, Yeah, that we'll get to keep it. And... It won't have to necessarily fit in with the status quo of X-Men on Earth. Yeah. That's my hope. I don't know how likely it is because you do you make a wonderful point about their similarity to the Morlocks, and they did kill the Morlocks to get out of that. And I hope they've learned their lesson. But the other thing that gives me also assurance is like they mentioned that. Like they mentioned that Storm is once again queen of the Morlocks or something at some point. So like they're drawing that connection. Hopefully this doesn't mean Storm is once again queen of the Morlocks, just like last time they're all going to die. And that's, then they all die. Hopefully that's not the point. Yeah. But because it's like it's just like it it unfortunately creates such a big problem because these are very interesting, very powerful mutants. What do you do with them if they're not X-Men? You know, like what besides like having their own separate story? Like I love that I think I also have a theory that sometimes you like to throw titles at storm and like storm is queen of the morlocks over there <laughs> you yeah know what I mean? well like, that's that's the whole like issue that's why i think we're having the civil war is like she was queen of the morlocks and then never fucking dealt with the morlocks like ever 
And now yeah. she's queen of the Araka. So she's like, I'm going to actually be a presence here. And yeah. now someone showed up was like, I want to kill them all. And she's like, ah, well, fuck. Well, hold on. This time I'm going to stop you. Yeah. I'm curious if instead of blowing them up, they'll all go back to Ameth. Um, that, I mean, it's an easy write-off. Yeah. It is. It's just, just like the people from the other dimension went back to the other dimension. I mean, yeah, eventually. I, and some stay. I wouldn't find some that would satisfying, stay. but... but some would like, stay, you have right? An eyeball, you have an eyeball that just like makes things not exist. Like yeah. These characters are insanity. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what we're going to do with them yeah. before. Before we, also, we close... I feel oh, like... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say before that. we close up the episode, but we don't... Whatever, but... I just think it was funny in the recent X-Men Red, they were like, oh, this guy is like a, a, a cannonball of sorts and he's just like a rocket and like whatever. And then he just gets taken out and he dies. Like, Especially, like they the built him up. After, like, the second after that, they were like, he is completely invulnerable. Right. Then he's not. But, but then clearly, what's her name? He gets found shot the weak spot. Yeah. Which is what's like, her name? Iska, man. Iska. Iska the Unbeaten. She's yeah. the most cracked character they've ever made like i don't understand how you create a character where the whole point is they can't ever lose and don't think that's going to be a terrible, terrible i love the sunspot thing with years. her i oh, love yeah the where he like makes a trick her yeah <laughs> that was so just, good well the thing is like anyone could do stuff like that all the time like she's got the most absurd power even I, at that point oh yeah. why does she like if this guy's completely if this guy's an omega level cannonball who's completely yeah. invulnerable, but yeah. not if he's shot by this particular person In the because mouth, this particular person can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just thought it was funny. But it's yes. Crack. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny. But she cannot be allowed to keep walking around the earth for so long. So like how do you she is how do you make her too lose? Absurd. I think Orcus That's, is gonna grab how her. How do you make her lose? Ooh, remember that gun that Moira or, or got shot with that took away her mutant powers? Oh yeah, yeah. That's actually that's the same gun forge, but from back in our way earlier conversation. Where Easy peasy. Yeah, like a sniper. Hope but, like, Summers the thing is, is like, a good shot. Can Boom. you can you take away her powers, or is that well? I don't think the it? shot would ever connect. That's my point. I don't think it would work. She can <laughs> oh, <shit>. lose. <laughs> well, unless it wouldn't work. You you would have to convince Iska that that to truly be unbeaten means to take away the powers and welcome death. Like, you'd have to, you know what I mean? Like, you'd have That's, to... Yeah, you'd have to do a psychological thing where, like, somehow they trick Iska into thinking that the way to win is to become a human, and then she becomes yeah. a human and they shoot her. Like, that's the only way out. And yeah. it's... Mm. I don't know, but she's so cracked to care. Every time she shows up, I'm like, what is this fucking person going to do with this yeah. issue? Because she could do whatever she fucking wants. Yeah. She can't lose. There, There's a lot... There's a lot that's that's you know uh, uh, coming out with Fall of X and like things to look forward to. I'm digging what's going on right now, and I'm also very appreciative that I'm able to be here on this podcast talking with you guys about it because um, talking comics, uh, finding people you can talk comics with, um, you know, it's rare. And it's a little bit less rare now that TikTok has connected all of us and podcasts and all that stuff. So true story. You know, Thanks for Ooh, thanks for being sorry. a part of this. Um, thank well, you, everybody uh, out there for. Oh, were you gonna say something? 
No, sorry, my green screen just like only showed Corsair's face for a second, and I was confused. But sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody out there for watching and or listening. Uh, shout out to Fishboy sixty seven and the Purple Trainer and Angry Ghost three and Meatloafers fourteen and Wednesday Pull. Um, thank you to everybody out there. If you guys uh, are able to click follow, doesn't cost you a thing. Follow us on twitch.tv slash the Keeg show. Uh, definitely follow Nikhil and Justin on their social media, which we'll get into in split sec. Follow us, uh, you know, on social media at the Keeg show on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, those are our two main social media, but we're on uh, other social media threads included. And I'm waiting for threads to figure themselves out. But, uh, you we're know, we're all threads? over threads. We're on threads, but we don't do that much. I'm also on threads. Hashtags. Me too. They gotta I'm fix also their, on fix threads. their hashtags, you know? Um, but everybody out there, like, uh, uh, follow, like, subscribe, comment, do your thing out there. Before we get going, Nikhil, where can we follow you on social media? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Uh, Nikhil Clayton on TikTok and on Twitch here on this lovely app. I'll actually be live on Twitch in like an hour. So come on by. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and then Justin, where can we find you online? Same, same questions. Uh, you can find the totally not X trader at Freddy's roommate, wherever toys are sold on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. Very, very nice. Uh, both of you guys do amazing work, uh, both, you know, in your content creation and whenever you guest on this podcast. So thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Um, for everybody out there, once again, yeah, follow Nikhil, follow Justin on their social media. And if you want to follow the Keeg on all our social media, that's cool too. Patreon.com slash the Keeg show as well. If you want to check that out. Um, we do two different shows a week right now because of the, uh, WGA and SAG after strikes. Uh, we have taken away our after shows, uh, but we are, we do do comic talk every Thursday where we talk about that week's comic book releases. And then we also do the Keeg talks comics, uh, right now so right now we do fall of x next week we're uh celebrating hispanic heritage month so we will be talking about uh characters um with some uh amazing guests and the week after that i think we're talking about daredevil um so mm -hmm. definitely stay tuned for that basically follow us on social media uh to find all those schedules at the keeg show tiktok and instagram other than that thank you Nikhil. thank you justin thank you everybody out there for watching and or listening uh our podcast apple podcast google play soundcloud spotify iHeartRadio. uh once again i'm your host Demetri Pereira, and this has been the keeg talks x-men's fall of x take care everybody bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. Au revoir.